We start a We Tackle Life podcast on December the 21st with a little Christmas music, a little drummer boy version from Pentatonix. I love Pentatonix. Uh, at least I love their music. I don't love what they stand for. I don't love a lot of their... Well, I don't love a lot about them, but I love their music. And I particularly love their Christmas music. So we'll play that under the start of the We Tackle Life podcast. That's a little drummer boy. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it in a lot of places. And you can only find the We Tackle Life podcast right here. Yeah, right here. I'm Bruce Hooley. Glad to be back with you. It's been a while. And we've got a lot to talk about. We've got COVID to talk about. And we have Cleveland Browns football to talk about. And a first place battle in the AFC North to talk about. On Sunday between the Bengals and the Ravens, the Brownies will play two games. Two games in between the uh, Bengals' previous game and next game. Crazy. But that's what COVID does to the NFL schedule. And Buckeye Hoops, well, uh, they're going to be off for a good long time before they play again. Hope you have uh, a great Christmas in store for you and yours. If you are looking for a last-minute gift, Mechanicsburg is not far away. Mechanicsburg, Ohio, yes. They have um, coffee for you at Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. They have it for you at a 15% discount. If you use the promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps when you order online or when you tell Paul, Grace, Andy, or anybody else that you encounter there at Hemisphere in their fine facility in Mechanicsburg, tucked away just off the main drag when you go into town, uh, just a little bit opposite the grocery store in town, and uh, tell them Bruce Hooley sent you. Tell them We Tackle Life podcast sent you because they've been a sponsor of the podcast for a long, long time, and I hope they're a sponsor of the podcast going into the future. What will the future hold for the We Tackle Life podcast in 2022? I don't know, but I am excited about being with you guys today. I'm excited about talking about all the topics we have, and I'm particularly excited to continue to tell you about Hemisphere because their coffee is great, their mission is great, and they're great people. They'll give you 15% off when you order. We Tackle Life in all caps. Great way to start a new year as a business is to send a coffee gift pack. They can put it together for you. Tell them what you want to spend. They'll come up with a great gift pack and ship it off. Easy for you, no must, no fuss, but lots and lots of goodwill. HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. They buy their coffee from growers direct around the world, Indonesia, Thailand, Ethiopia, and Nicaragua. It's awesome coffee. I had breakfast with a couple guys this morning, and they're coffee drinkers, and I said, you ought to try Hemisphere. Oh, we're already ordering Hemisphere every single month, a standing order. Smart guys. Of course they are. So there you go, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. All right, Browns last night. Valiant effort. Valiant effort, no fault with the effort. But they did not win 16-14 the final against the Las Vegas Raiders. That game for the Raiders keeps them theoretically in the playoff hunt. Uh, The Browns, it makes very difficult the Browns' chances of being a playoff team because, you know, they are now at 7-6. The Steelers are at 7-6. And and when you sink back down into a bigger group of teams, uh, it just makes it harder. Dolphins are 7-7, so they're fighting there. Somebody's going to be 9-6 and six after Sunday when the Ravens visit Cincinnati, and I cannot imagine that the Ravens will win that game, even if Lamar Jackson is back, because let's not forget, the Ravens had Lamar Jackson when they played the Bengals the first time in Baltimore, and that was all Joe Burrow's day in Baltimore that day. 41-17 to 17 was the final, so I would think the Bengals would be able to sweep the Ravens, and if they sweep them, uh, they'll have the edge in the tiebreaker. Uh so that's, you know, I said at the outset of the season, the Bengals were really going to be a load to handle, 
And if their free agent acquisitions beefed up their defense, and they have, uh, they had a chance to win the whole shooting match because I thought the Steelers were getting old. I thought the Browns were fat and happy off their success a year ago, and I thought all along Baltimore would be the team the Bengals would have to get in front of. I didn't think they could, but right now they're astride them at 8-6, and six, and they could be 9-6 and six and two games clear of them come Sunday because, you know, the Bengals, if they tie them, Bengals have the tiebreaker edge. But let's get to the Browns game last night. It was a weird game. I told myself as I was watching it, it felt like I was watching a preseason game. Sure, the Raiders had all their guys out there, or most of their guys out there, but the Browns looked like they were fielding a preseason team. Nick Mullins at quarterback, a bunch of DBs, or a couple DBs at least, that I'd never heard of, missing eight starters, missing 18 guys total. Uh, And so when you get close, and they were very close, scored a touchdown on a fourth down play in the final couple of minutes to go ahead. I thought it was a great decision to go for it on fourth down. You're not going to get down there again. They did everything right, except as is often the case, and this is most often the case in baseball. It's always seemed weird to me that the final three outs of a baseball game are the toughest outs to get. And in football, the toughest stop to make is the last drive. When a team is down one or two, it's almost, it appears, nigh impossible to keep them from getting into position to try a game-winning field goal. And the Raiders made the plays they had to make when they had to make them, and they positioned Daniel Carlson for a 48-yard walk-off field goal, and he hit it. It's easy to say the difference in the game is the Raiders didn't miss a field goal, and the Browns did. Chase McLaughlin missed a 47-yarder at the end of the first half. He actually made it. The Raiders had called a timeout. He missed it the second time. Same situation, end of game. The Browns used a timeout to try to freeze Daniel Carlson. He didn't get frozen. He put the game on ice with a game-winning 48-yard field goal. So the Browns, uh, they're, look, they're hoping to get Baker Mayfield back or hoping to get Case Keenum back. They play Saturday at Green Bay. Uh, Wow. Like, could you have a tougher must-win game than that? And there's no doubt the Browns now have no margin for error. They have to win every single one of the remaining games on their schedule. I'm not sure that I would favor them. I certainly would not favor them to win Saturday against the Packers, I don't think I would favor them to win on Monday night football against the Pittsburgh Steelers on January the 3rd. Bengals at home, well, they drummed the Bengals the first time. I think that's a really, really hard game to win the second time, given where the Bengals are. So their final three games of the season, mm, uh, tough road for the ba- for the Browns to go. Can they do it? Sure. Sure, they could do it. But... Here's the thing. As I'm watching the game last night, I'm watching Nick Mullins, and Nick Mullins is not, you know, he's not a great quarterback, or he wouldn't have been cut by the Eagles. He wouldn't have been cut by the 49ers. He would have been drafted much higher than he was drafted, if he was even drafted. But Nick Mullins did an okay job. They didn't lose that game because of Nick Mullins. And had they won that game with Nick Mullins, the numerical truth would have been that the Browns would be 8-6, and 2-0, and with quarterbacks not named Baker Mayfield and six and six with Baker Mayfield. So hurts not to make the playoffs. I get it. But in terms of buying into Baker Mayfield as your quarterback, uh, last night wouldn't have helped if they would have won that game. And I in no way mean, mean to say it's good they lost the game. It's never good if you're going to miss the playoffs. And that game is the one that is really going to be problematic for them in getting in. But to me, it's. Another reason why the Browns should not give Baker Mayfield the kind of contract he wants after this year. I would just say, look, believe it. if you believe in yourself, 
play next year, and if you play your tail off and you get us deep into the playoffs, past the first round, well, you got us over a barrel and we'll have to sign you. But right now, we're just not going to commit to paying you super-duper franchise quarterback money in the fifth year of your contract. Nick Chubb was good last night. The offensive line, such as it was, was pretty good last night. The defense was good last night. The effort was amazing last night. Uh, stepping up, Stefanski was not there. He's COVID positive, too. Probably didn't have anything more than a sniffle if he even has that. But the NFL has decided to go all in on propriety. They are that way with their social justice contributions and their social justice messaging, and they're certainly going to be that way on COVID. And so if the Browns miss the playoffs this year, you can thank Roger Goodell and his COVID policies for the last nail in the Browns' coffin of making the playoffs. As for the Bengals on Sunday, um, I think they have a great chance to win this game against Baltimore. I'm wondering if the Bengals are going to be taking precautions to guard against what it appears is a very, very transmissible variant of the COVID-19 virus, which is called Omicron. Alabama, Nick Saban announced, they're going back to their 2020 season protocols, social distancing, everybody wearing a mask in the facility. Because Bama, of course, doesn't want to have Bryce Young or Jamison Williams or Brian Robinson, or any other, you know, Will Robinson, or any of those guys come up COVID positive before they play Cincinnati on December the 31st in the college football playoff. This will be a thing. All these guys are going home for Christmas. They want to see friends. They want to see family. They got a college football playoff berth to guard against. Are the Buckeyes going to be as vigilant? Probably not. Could they have positive COVID guys before they play Utah in the Rose Bowl? Sure, they could. So the whole college football bowl season and everything can be impacted by this. And if you want to know what I'm, what my real opinion on this is, I'll try to just give you my real opinion without being super-duper political. I think, all, I think it's generally acknowledged that all the reports are that this variant of the virus is extremely transmissible, very contagious, but that it is, thankfully, not causing deaths at the rate even close to what the first two variants were. And so to me, it's like we can't eliminate cold-like symptoms in the wintertime. And I'd push through it and play. But, and I think the players would, too, if they were left to their own devices. But they got so many eyes watching them and so many people testing them, you know, from now until the end of time. And so we'll see. But I think it's unreasonable to expect that we'll have a college football bowl season or an NFL playoff season. Without COVID, somehow more so than for actual debilitating impact. Okay, uh, before I get into uh, the transfer of Jack Miller from Ohio State to another school that maybe you'll see him down the road, not for sure, but maybe, let me remind you that I'm sure you hope you never have to need an attorney down the road, but hey, you might. And if you do, now or in the future, the firm to remember is Willis Spangler Starling. WillisAttorneys.com is the website. Willis, W-I-L-L-I-S, attorneys.com is the website. Their Twitter is at Spangler Willis, S-P-A-N-G-L-E-R, Spangler Willis, W-I-L-L-I-S. They're a great firm. They're honest people. They're hardworking, God-fearing people. They are down-to-earth people. They are people who geek out on the law. They're fascinated by it. They're deeply immersed in it. They know how to administer it, protect it, 
and use it for your benefit and against those who are trying to press illegal action against you without merit. So Willis Spangler Starling is my attorney firm. I can't give you a greater endorsement than that I place my faith in their legal expertise, acumen, and integrity whenever I need an attorney. And so I would recommend you do the same. WillisAttorneys.com, W-I-L-L-I-S, WillisAttorneys.com. All right, so we have a crowded transfer portal, and we have an ample number of Buckeyes in it. Two of them are quarterbacks, Quinn Ewers, now a Texas Longhorn, and Jack Miller, now a, and you're waiting for me to say, Arizona State Sun Devil, Arizona Wildcat, BYU Cougar. No, Jack Miller is going to SEC country. He's going to Florida. Jack Miller will play for new Florida coach Billy Napier, who's taking the place of Dan Mullen. You say, wait a minute, doesn't Florida already have a former Ohio State quarterback? Well, kind of, sort of. Emory Jones is Florida's starter. Emory Jones committed to Ohio State. Signing day surprise. Emory Jones not coming. Ends up at Florida. Dual threat guy. I don't think he's all that. In fact, he's going to be in the transfer portal after Florida plays his bowl game. So what about the other quarterback at Florida? Or other quarterbacks at Florida? Well, Jack Miller, it appears, is going to be the only healthy one who shows up for spring practice because they have a guy they've used a few snaps this year. So I'm sure Miller saw an opportunity for playing time. And who knows? Maybe we'll see Jack Miller down the road at a future college football bowl playoff game or Outback Bowl. Now, High State's never going to play in the Outback Bowl. But they might. They might see Jack Miller at some point in time. Of course, Ohio State will start next season against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish and Marcus Freeman, new head coach. I like Marcus Freeman. I just predict that less than two years into his tenure at Notre Dame, Notre Dame is going to realize that it made an emotional hiring choice and made a mistake. And I think much into that same period of time, the people at LSU who lured Brian Kelly away from Notre Dame are going to come to the same realization that this guy does not fit where we are. There will, of course, always be mention of the Urban Meyer availability on the job market of college football from this point forward. The questions that will be asked, A, does Urban want a coach? B, would the administration at Old State U, whatever school it is, want to hire Urban Meyer? I mean, after all, Urban Meyer was a uh, washout with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Urban Meyer uh, did things in a restaurant uh, in which he has an interest that uh, no man should be caught doing or seen doing with a woman who is not his wife. So that will be the question. Is Urban Meyer a guy who we want to represent us? I think if Urban Meyer wants to coach again, he will coach again. And I believe I have the perfect destination for Urban Meyer. Did I share this with you? The University of Cincinnati is a fantastic landing spot for Urban Meyer. I know Luke Fickle's not going anywhere right now, but do you think Luke Fickle's going to stay at Cincinnati forever? I don't think he's going to stay there forever. He might stay there another year, another two years. If he stays two more years, that's probably at the end of the window for Urban to get back into coaching. Typically, Urban, you know, back in it in a year or two years. If Luke stays three years, I think that's it for Urban. He's done. But if Luke would leave after, well, who knows, after this year in the playoff, who might leave? Or next year, Urban, a Cincinnati alum, Urban headed to the Big 12. 
He's already... I'm not going to say he's the only coach to win a national championship in two leagues because there might have been somebody way back in the playoff poll era. But he's the only guy in the playoff era to win it in two leagues. Big Ten SEC. What if Urban decided, hey, I'm going to see if I can win a national championship in the Big 12 as a Cincinnati Bearcat head coach. Cincinnati where you can, uh, how shall I say this nicely? Cincinnati where you can get a lot of players in academically that at some other schools you have to work harder to get in. <laughs> Was that a nice diplomatic way of saying? I think so. So, yes, Urban to Cincinnati is my prediction. Book it right here on 12-21-21. Urban Meyer to Cincinnati eventually. Not right away, but eventually. Now, eventually, you're going to have questions about your health insurance. And you're going to say, I wish I could find somebody who could answer these questions for me. Do you have a guy, Bruce? Well, I do. I have a, a gal. She's a wonderful gal. She's a great lady. Chrissy is her name, and she is the uh, driving force behind my friends at auiinfo.com. Auiinfo.com. Free service. Free always. How can they operate free? What are they, nonprofit? No, they're not nonprofit. They make a profit. They do their job very well. They're paid by the insurance companies who would love to do business with you. Oh, so that means they're going to make me take Blue Cross. They're going to make me take Anthem. They're going to make me take something else. No, they're not. All the insurance companies want to do business with you. Hence, if AUI can connect you to an insurance company, that insurance company will pay AUI. They do not advantage one company over another. They advantage you. They give you the answers to your questions and provide you the options for the best investment of your money in health insurance. Whether you're a business or whether you're an individual, auiinfo.com, they have no skin in the game for each company. They have skin in the game to help you. That's why you need to go to their website, type in your questions, tell them what you're paying, tell them what you want, tell them what you need, doctor, hospital, copay, whatever it is, and they will figure it out for you and make the recommendation to you, and then you choose your option, and then that company will pay AUI. Totally free. Great people. AUIinfo.com. And if you're a business owner, they put together benefits packages across the board, life, vision, dental, health, disability, on and on and on. They'll help you come up with a questionnaire to find out what your employees want. And they stay in touch with you all year round. You won't just hear from AUI on the day, hey, your insurance payment's due, hey, by the way. No, no. They are a personable group of people. They're a smart group of people. And they're a helpful group of people. So, auiinfo.com is who you need to be with. Now, as for college basketball and in the Ohio State Buckeyes, wow, we are going to wait a while before we see our Ohio State Buckeyes back on the basketball court. Ohio State uh, has not played since, man, I don't even remember their last game. What is going on with that? They moved up in the poll to 15. Uh, actually, they moved up to 14. And they were supposed to play Tennessee Martin on last night, Tuesday night. That game was canceled because of COVID. The Kentucky game. The previous Saturday was canceled because of COVID. Interesting nugget. Kentucky and Ohio State tried to figure out a way to play that game somewhere other than Las Vegas. But the open dates on Kentucky's schedule, the open dates on Ohio State's schedule did not match up. So that will not... They were even going to turn it into a home-and-home. If you come here this year or we go there this year, we'll reciprocate next year. But that didn't happen. So no Kentucky-Ohio State game, no Tennessee-Martin game... 
But there will, Chris Holtman says, be a game against New Orleans on December the 28th. December the 28th will be a Tuesday, I believe. 25th is Saturday, 26th Sunday, 27th, yes. 28th is a Tuesday. I think I have a conflict that day. I think I have another game I was going to attend. I'm going to have to figure that one out. Yes, I am going to have to figure that one out. But at any rate, hopefully the Buckeyes will uh, get it figured out before they go back on the court because this will be their first game since they played Wisconsin, 73-56. to They beat Bucky the Badger, and man, what the heck day was that? That's been a while. Uh, December 11th. December 11th. 17 days they will have been off before they play... <laughs> Before they play New Orleans. So uh, let's hope they are all well, number one. And let's hope they are uh, hitting on all cylinders. No, you will not see Justice suing. Then he is still a ways away, Chris Holtman says. And uh, Seth Towns is also still a year away. I or Not a year away. Uh, uh, a ways away. Uh, it would not surprise me. It would not surprise me if Seth Towns takes the entire year to get over his back surgery, and then Seth Towns comes back in 2022 for, like, what? His 12th year as a college basketball player? Something like that. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Seth Towns, by the time he actually completes his eligibility at Ohio State, might be old enough to have a son playing for Ohio State, it seems. Uh, but what if they get Suing and Towns back next year to go with all their young guys? That'd be an interesting squad with Zed Key and others. But first, we have the task at hand of this season, resuming the season, getting out on the court, being healthy, making it happen, and getting it done uh, as an Ohio State Buckeye. Okay, uh, now to the faith portion of the podcast. The faith portion of the podcast today concerns something Christmas-related. And I am going to talk a little bit about a guy who's a bit of a mystery man in the Bible. Uh, he's not a mystery man in that you've never heard of him, but he's a mystery man in that we don't know a lot about him, other than he's incredibly patient and he's incredibly faithful. And I'm talking about Joseph. Now, I'm not talking about Joseph and his coat of many colors, the son of Jacob, whose brothers threw him into the pit and he was uh, taken off to be a slave and wound up, you know, the uh, emperor of Egypt. No, I'm talking about Joseph the father of, well, the earthly father, not biological father, of Jesus. Joseph is a guy who, yeah, we, he kinda, he's kind of in Jesus' life a little bit in Matthew, a little bit in Luke, not mentioned in John, not mentioned in Mark. You know, and if, if Joseph had like an earthly mindset, you go, well, I got... I got gypped. I mean, I'm the earthly father of Jesus. I only got in half the Gospels. <laughs> but of course, he doesn't have that kind of a mindset. So what do we know of Joseph? In the book of Matthew, we are told that um, after the wise men came to worship Jesus, and no, they were not there on the night he was born, they came, they saw the star, followed the star, wound up at wherever Jesus was, however old he was, they wound up there worshiping him. And then the Bible says in Matthew 2.19 um, that uh, Joseph was uh, warned in a dream when they had gone, wise men had gone, 
An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you. For Herod, King Herod, is going to search for the child to kill him. Now, Herod was the king. And when these wise men came and said, hey, hey, could you tell us where this king of the Jews is born? If we want to go worship him. Herod's going, hold up. Hold up. I'm the king here. <laughs> Why don't you come to worship me? I'll take that gold. I'll take that frankincense. I'll take that myrrh. Thank you. No, not for you. Your name's not on the tag. So Herod's like, oh. These guys are worshiping a new king. A new king will supplant me as king. I don't like that idea. So I'm going to kill all the kids up to the age of two just to make sure I get the one who's supposed to be the next king. Well, Joseph was warned of this in a dream, and it says, Get up, take the child and his mother, and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child and kill him. And Matthew 1.14 says, So he, Joseph, got up, took the child, his mother, during the night, and left for Egypt. During the night. He didn't wait till the next morning. He left like now. He booked on out of town. So they go to Egypt. And then Herod eventually dies. We don't know how many years pass, but he dies. And in Matthew 1, chapter uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 19, the Bible says, After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So Joseph's like, okay. So it doesn't say, so the next morning he packed up the camel and he packed up the donkey and off they went. It says, so he got up. Now it doesn't say he got up immediately, but it sure implies that. He got up, took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. So the very first thing that shines through to me here about Joseph is this guy followed the direct communication he got from an angel sent by God. Now you say, well, he'd be a dope not to do that, Bruce. You would do the same. Well, would you? Or would you say, man, I got to get my eyes checked. I'm seeing things. Like, uh, I, you know, I, I think he said go to Egypt. I mean, I'm pretty clear he said go to Egypt. But like, I don't know, like, where am I going to live in Egypt? Like, I don't know anybody in Egypt. How are we going to get to Egypt? I might need to borrow some money to go to Egypt. I, I got to sell my tent. Like I got to I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to, I can't just, I guess, pick up and leave. No, he didn't do that. He obeyed. He listened. He obeyed. And he acted in faith. Didn't have the answers. Where am I going to stay when I get there? How do I know I'm going to try to kill Jesus in Egypt? We'll be foreigners in Egypt. Maybe we could blend in here. No, he didn't. He didn't argue. He didn't present a better idea. He didn't call a friend and say, what do you think I should do? He did what he was told immediately. And then in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, after Joseph got up, got up, took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father, Herod, so Herod's son, Archelaus, is the king, says Joseph was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a town called Nazareth, which fulfilled the prophecy that Jesus would be called a Nazarene. So there Joseph is putting his own common sense together. And this guy's dad was trying to wipe out our family and my son. 
how do I know I'm safe with him here? And then he gets a dream and he's like, okay, okay, you don't have to tell me twice. I'm out of here. So you could say Joseph was a dreamer. After all, he had a dream where an angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, hey, hey, I know this is just not done in this culture. Your wife, Mary, your wife-to-be, Mary, your betrothed, your fiancé, shows up pregnant. <laughs> that is frowned upon in Jewish culture. But don't divorce her, marry her. The child inside her is from the Holy Spirit. She's been, she's conceived a child without, you know, the uh, typical act that has to happen between a man and a woman for a woman to become pregnant. Joseph didn't say, well, could you explain that to me? Like, are you sure? Like, because I'm going to look really bad with my guys if I marry a woman who's pregnant and I'm not the, I'm not the father. Like, I know I'm not the father. It doesn't really matter who is. It's not me. I want to. I don't want to marry her. He didn't argue. So I think we see some traits here in Joseph. A might not have made sense to him, but he stepped out in faith. B he acted immediately. He acted immediately. He didn't wait for a. Uh, could you uh, maybe uh, if I leave my pillow out, uh, have it stand on end or something? Like, give me a sign. And none of the give me a sign thing. He didn't ask questions. You sure? I mean, how can you explain this to me? He didn't ask questions. And I wonder, we say, well, you know, it'd be easy. If God would talk to me like that, I would do the same. Would he? Would we? I like to think in my own life, God's prompted me to do things before. I've persisted in doing what I want to do. Or what I think makes sense to me. This makes a lot more sense than what you have planned, Lord. And it goes bad. And then when it goes bad, I reflect on it and I think, you know, why didn't I listen to that? And why didn't I listen to that prompting that came from above? And then I got to ask myself sometimes, if God's not directing me, is that because he has directed me in the past and I didn't listen. And so he's like, okay, you, you think you got it all figured out. Go ahead. Figure it out on your own. You've made it clear. You don't need me. Go ahead. See how you do. I'll be here. I'll be here to rescue you. I'll be here to forgive you. I'll be here to restore you. I'll be here to strengthen you. I'll be here to comfort you. Go ahead. You need to learn, Bruce Hooley, you need to learn by getting bruised, by getting battered, by getting bumped around. That's how you learn. I've said before, every thing in my life that has led me to a greater understanding of faith, a greater understanding of trust, a greater understanding of obedience, a greater understanding of consequences, everything that I have benefited from in those areas are things that are tough and were tough to deal with sometimes for a period of years. And If you'd have asked me up front, hey, Bruce, this could happen to you. And it's not going to be fun. It's not even going to be remotely uh, nice. But on the back end of it, no, I'm not going to tell you how long the back end will be before it arrives. On the back end of it, it's going to work out. You're going to gain clarity. You're going to grow closer to God. Would you like to go through this experience to get there? Or would you like to just, you know, avoid it and live without what's coming at the end? I'd like to be able to tell you that I'd go, no, 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 I'm ready to walk through 
Hades in a gasoline suit to find out what's on the other side. But I know that's not true, and you know that's not true, and God knows that's not true. So I find the faith of Joseph, the, you, I'll, I'll do it right now. I'll do it right now. Is it possible that he, Joseph kept having those dreamlike communications because he listened every time he got one, and he acted on it every time he got one? That makes me think, as I ponder Christmas and I ponder what it must have been like to be Jesus's father, I'm sure there were moments where Joseph, knowing who Jesus really was, was like, wow, I feel pretty inadequate to have this kid as my son. But I'm sure there were other times where Joseph was like, wow, what a privilege it is to be this guy's earthly father. And I think that's all of us as dads, isn't it? We're all like, Wow, Lord, I'm unworthy. Like, what an amazing thing this is to be a father. And then other times, um, you know, it's like, wow, I'm, I'm not cut out for this. I'm, I'm not equipped for this. And that's true, too. We're not equipped for it. We're certainly not equipped to be the best we can be at it unless we do what Joseph did. Listen to God when he puts it on your heart to do something. It may not be an angel appearing in front of you. It may not be in a dream. It might be a nagging feeling in your gut. It might be something you glean from reading a Bible verse, which, you know, by the way, you won't glean if you're not reading that Bible verse. So there are various ways that God can get to us. I believe God wants to communicate with us. I believe he does communicate with us. And I just believe that um, we need to listen and we need to be willing to hear it when he's calling. So with that, uh, I will wish you all a very, 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 very Merry Christmas. And I will tell you that I can't promise you I will not speak to you again before the Christmas holiday arrives. I will do my best to update you on the latest goings-on with the teams we all care about. Browns, Bengals, Buckeyes, and, uh, of course, my daughter's high school basketball team. No, I'm trying to spare you that one. All right, everybody have a great, great, great rest of your week, and I will talk to you soon here on the We Attack of Life podcast. I played my drum for